0: The principle of my life has been never to ask the suffrage of my country and never to shrink from its call.
1: Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway.
0: Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little known stories of the men who have lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President.
1: number of people have asked us where we find the interesting stories dramatized for you on Mr. President. Well, these stories aren't found by any means. They're dug for by a staff of research experts and then traced. Often a story starts with a provocative sentence or two. One of our stories about Grover Cleveland remained an unsolved mystery until an obituary notice in a Paris newspaper put the pieces together. Another story came right out of the Navy records. Eyewitness accounts of a mutiny caused by the son of a former Secretary of War. And President Tyler had a difficult time straightening this one out. Incidentally, do you know that the Mr. President's scripts are sent to schools for their use in more than a hundred cities? Yes, our youngsters are getting a new and authentic slant on history. And now, listen to Mr. President and see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. (laughs)
0: that happened to a president a few years ago. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the president was. The president was new in office, and times were difficult for him.
2: Dinner is almost ready, dear.
0: Oh, thank you, Louise, thank you.
2: Goodness, look at that desk. Hmm? How will you ever get to the bottom of all those papers?
0: Those papers are all relating to appointments. Appoint this man, don't appoint that, do this, do that. I I wonder just what kind of a babe in arms the politicians think I am. They forget that I've been exposed to public office since I was 14.
2: Has it really been that long? Yes,
0: yes, it has indeed. When I was 14, let me see, I was secretary of the American Legation in Russia. When I was 17, I came home and studied law at Harvard. Mm -hmm. It wasn't long after my graduation that I was appointed
2: minister to The Hague. And in London, you met me?
0: The prettiest daughter any American consul ever
2: had. And right after we were married, we left for Berlin? Why, you took up residence as the American minister. (laughs) I
0: remember they they weren't going to let us in the city. (laughs) That's right.
2: That lieutenant insisted on more adequate proof than we were able to furnish that there was such a place as the United States of America. (laughs) Yes,
0: let me see. I've been minister to Russia, and minister to England, secretary of state. You
2: have a very distinguished record. No one can deny that. Mm,
0: my opposition does. Do you know what the opposition is saying about me right now? They're saying that Henry Clay and I bartered to win this election for me. They're saying that I, I told Clay if we'd swing his votes my way, I'd give him the appointment of Secretary of State. Well, I see.
2: <laughs> is Mr. Clay going to be the Secretary of State?
0: I have every intention of asking him.
2: Do well, you think that's wise under the circumstances?
0: Mm, he's the best man in the country for the job. I'm not letting my own party run my appointments. And if I'm not letting them run them, I'm certainly not letting the opposition run them.
2: Well, of course, you know what's best, dear. It just seems to me, though, that you're playing right into their hands. Clay
0: is the best man for the job, and he's going to have the job no matter what anyone says about me.
2: Dear, you look tired. I am
0: a little tired. I'm going to get up at five in the morning and take a swim in the Potomac. That'll freshen me. I need to wash some of the cobwebs out of my brain.
2: You think it's safe to swim like that when there's no one around? That river has some dangerous currents. Oh
0: nonsense, I know that river like a book. Nothing's going to happen to me in the Potomac that I can't control.) <laughs> Needed was a little exercise. Now let me see, where are my clothes? Oh, good heavens, they're gone. My clothes are gone. That's no way to run around. Suppose someone was coming along and see you, an elderly man like you. Well, I, I, I went for a swim and someone stole my clothes. You went for a swim? Yes. At this hour of the morning, you went for swimming. Look, please, will you help me? Will you go up to my house and ask my wife for another suit of clothes and bring them to me? I don't know. Maybe I should just leave you like you are to teach your lesson.
1: <laughs>
0: swimming at this hour. Don't you know any better? <laughs> will you please go to the White House and get me a suit of clothes? The White House? Do you work at the White House? Yes, I do. I am the President of the United States. I didn't vote for you.
3: Oh, all right,
0: all right, you didn't vote for me. I don't know what my party would think about me getting you any clothes. Uh, why don't you get them uh, get, get those clothes so your party can try to steal them off my <laughs> You're catching cold. Will you please get me my clothes before I catch pneumonia? Yeah, yeah, Hey, go and tell my wife to give you two dollars for your trouble. yeah, eh hey, tell her. You stay right now. No, don't worry, I won't go any
2: place. <laughs> oh, Mr. President, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. <clears throat> It's a wonder you're alive at all after being exposed that long. Now, don't you move away from that fire and you keep sipping that hot lemonade. Yes,
0: ma'am, yes, ma'am.
2: I gave the man the five dollars you told him to ask for. (laughs) What are you laughing at? I told him to ask
0: you for two dollars.
2: Why, he asked for five. Well,
0: I knew he'd ask for five if I told him two. If I told him five, he would have asked for at least seven.
2: Well, how do you know?
0: I know his party. He's descended from a scrupulously honest race, but he has fallen into bad political hands.
2: Well, you know, he looked at me very strangely. I think he'd been told I had two heads or something equally fascinating. <laughs> Come in.
1: Good morning, Mr. President.
2: Louise. Oh, good morning, Henry. Well, I'll leave you two alone, but mind you, he's not to move away from that fire.
1: What's he been doing?
2: Oh, he's been swimming in the Potomac again at five o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, no. Uh, sit down, Henry. <laughs> I, uh, I've been going over my list of people for officers uh,
1: Look them over. Secretary of State, Henry Clay. Mr. President, you're paying me a very great honor. But under the circumstances, I'm not sure I should accept. Uh,
0: Because of what people are saying?
1: Yes, of course. Let people
0: say what they want. You and I know the truth. You think that I'm going to lose the services of one of the best men in the country because of the lies and slander of a lot of malicious fools who don't know what they're talking about?
1: There is such a thing as discretion,
0: Mr. President. Oh, discretion be hanged. I'm not a coward, and I don't think you are. I ask you to please accept this office because I need you. The country needs you. What do you say? I am honored,
1: and I accept the position with all humility and gratitude, Mr. President. I shall fight your battles wherever necessary. You may depend on that. Thank you, Mr. Clay.
0: Now then let's get to work and I'll uh, glance over the rest of those names here, will really. you? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm, Mr. President. You are, of course, aware that you are leaving a good many men in office who are political opponents of yours. Well, some of
0: them are good men. Why shouldn't the country continue to have the benefit of them? But you have to have men in office who see eye to eye with you. And who will work towards the same aims as you work towards? Henry, I have thought the matter over most carefully. And I have determined to renominate everyone against whom there was no complaint which would have warranted his removal.
1: Oh. Well, you have Naval Officer Sterrett's name down for renomination. Yes, I... God bless you. That's correct. Mr. has been most outspoken in his attacks on the administration. And only lately I brought you a complete report of a plan of his which would be a deliberate insult to a Louisiana representative who was a supporter of yours. I'm aware of that. Well, then how can you renominate him?
0: Henry, Mr. Sterrett's plan was never carried into effect. I can hardly penalize a man for an act that never took place. Sometimes, Mr. President, I find it very difficult to understand you. I can't imagine why, Henry. I'm an extremely logical man. Not politically, you are. Hmm, Perhaps not. Well, I'm not going to set up a political machine, Henry. I want good men in office. I don't care whether they're for me or against me as long as they are for the country. You have a
1: wonderful integrity, Mr. President. As a politician, I can't profess any great admiration for you. But as a man, you're probably the greatest I've ever met. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Even if you do go
0: swimming in the (laughs) Potomac at five in the morning. (laughs) Well, there's one thing, Henry. I'm not going to be a popular president. Why do you say that? Because I'm going out against some very powerful forces in this country. What do you mean, Mr. President? Henry, I don't believe one man has the right to enslave another man. I don't believe he has the right to do it any place in the world. And above all... I don't believe he has the right to do it in this country.
1: You're right. You aren't going to be a popular president. It isn't
0: going to be easy to put an end to slavery in this country. It's going to take a long time. But someone has to fire the first gun, and I'm going to do it. What are you going to do? Well, we have received an invitation to send delegates to represent the United States at the Congress of Panama. I propose to send delegates. Now, if the Senate finds the mission undesirable, they can refuse to confirm the delegates I propose. And I think they will. I don't see why they should. Watch and see, Henry. Watch and see. Oh!
2: Mr. President, is that you? What on earth are you doing up at this hour? Mm, oh, I'm going
0: for a swim. A swim with that cold? Oh, a swim will wash the cold out of me. Now, don't you worry, my dear. I've got some thinking to do, and the Potomac is just the place for well, it.
2: Well, for heaven's sakes, this time put your clothes where no one can steal them. And don't stay in too long. And be careful. Yes,
0: dear. Yes, my dear. Now, you go right back to sleep. I won't be long. <laughs>
3: President. Oh, now, now,
0: no, see here, young lady, you, you, you'll have to go away. I, I, came down here to swim.
3: I know. That's why I'm here. Why you're here? I've been trying to interview you for days, but no one will let me in the White House. So I got desperate and came down here.
0: My dear young woman, I don't, I, I don't have any clothes on.
3: <laughs> well, you're in water up to your chin. You're perfectly modest if that's what's worrying. Oh, <laughs> I,
0: I want to get out and get my clothes on. This is, this is very unwomanly of you, young lady. Oh, it's gotten so. A man can't swim in the Potomac anymore.
3: Do you know where your clothes are?
0: Yes, they're up in that tree.
3: Oh, no, they're not. I'm sitting on them.
0: You're sitting on them? Why?
3: So you can't get out until I get my story.
0: You're a very designing young woman.
3: I know. Isn't it terrible?
0: Well, all right, let's have the questions so I can get out of this water. What do you want to know?
3: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. It'll just take a few minutes. Is it true that Mister Clay and John Randolph of Roanoke are going to fight a duel?
0: Good heavens, what for?
3: Well, John Randolph made a speech, and he said that when you made Mister Clay Secretary of State, that was the coalition of Blythe and Black George.
0: <laughs> he did. Oh, oh, are you all right?
3: Oh, I am at the moment,
0: <laughs> but I don't know how long I will be. Tell me, can you swim?
3: Why, no, no, I can't.
0: Well, then, hurry up
3: and let me get out of here, will you? Then you don't know if it's true about the duel? This
0: is the first I heard of it.
3: Well, Mr. Clay said Mr. Randolph was a fork-tongued liar, and he challenged him to a duel. Now, is it true that you agreed to make Mr. Clay Secretary of State if he swung the boats he controlled over to you... Oh, that isn't true! That isn't true! Oh, well, well, but careful! You're swallowing an awful lot of water. You don't want to become waterlogged. Oh, Oh, tell me,
0: are you finished now? May I please get out? Well,
3: I just have one more question. Oh,
0: what is it?
3: Is it true that the Senate is opposing you in sending delegates to the Congress of Panama because the South American states have freed all slaves and they're afraid of an abolition movement in this country?
0: That is my opinion as to why they are refusing to let me send delegates. However, that is not the reason they give.
3: Senate can be very devious, can't it?
0: Yes, and so can the female sex. As you must be very well aware, young lady. I have been most patient, and I'm freezing, and while I've always been a very modest man, if you don't leave, self-preservation warns me that I'm going to have
3: to come out now. Oh, well, I'm leaving. Thanks for the interview, Mr. President. <laughs> All right, I'm coming. Oh,
0: goodbye, Mr. President. Goodbye. I get in more trouble down here. I've got to get dressed and look into this clay affair now. That coal's worse, isn't it? Oh, never mind my coal. What's this about? A duel with Randolph. How'd you find out about that? Well, while I was swimming this morning, a young oh never mind. You wouldn't be interested. Fish, told you, I suppose. Sir. Yeah, that's right. A, a little fish with blonde hair.
1: Uh, what about the duel? Is this true? Yes, it's true enough. Although I hoped you wouldn't find out anything about it until it was all over. Randolph got up in the Senate the other day and accused you and me of corruption. He says that we forged the invitations to Panama and the State Department. Oh, why would we do that? I don't know what the man thinks. Talked like he was half mad. I guess he thinks we're going to collect the money to send delegates and keep it. You know what he said? What? Let Judas have his 30 pieces of silver. They might go to buy a potter's field in which to inter this miserable constitution of ours. Crucified between two gentlemen. Suffering under the burden of the two first offices of this government.
0: <laughs> What did you do? Memorize his speech?
1: Well, just about. I was mad enough to memorize it. Oh,
0: oh Henry, a duel won't solve anything. It will relieve my feelings. Now tell me, are you a good shot? I am not, but neither is Randolph, from all I hear.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I insist that you call it off. No. He has insulted you, he has insulted me, and I demand satisfaction. Henry, listen to me. What Randolph says is of small importance. Forget it. It's the buzzing of a mosquito. There are bigger things at stake. The Senate says I have no right to appoint delegates to Panama. They say I am transcending my rights. Oh, it's only an excuse. You know that. The southern senators are behind the move. They're afraid... Yes, they're afraid they know why I want delegates at that Congress. The first small move against slavery... Our delegates will sit side by side with delegates from country where slavery has been outlawed, and two of the questions to be considered will be the recognition of the Republic of Haiti and the abolition of slave trade Well I'm going to send delegates I'm going to send delegates to that meeting, no matter what they say. It's within my power, and I'm going to win this fight with the Senate. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll come back to Edwin Arnold and Mr. President.
1: The Red Cross blood program has been in operation only two years, but in that short time, it is already supplying blood to hospitals and clinics in 35 states. The blood program will take several years to become nationwide in scope, but thousands of units of blood derivatives have been furnished to the public. Its ultimate goal is to supply blood and blood derivatives to all who need it, And to carry out its job, it must have the support of the American people. The National Blood Program of the Red Cross is but one of many services. It and the other major services of the Red Cross must continue, but they can do so only with your cooperation. The Red Cross brings together the millions who want to help with the millions who need help. The Red Cross is your business. Perform your share by contributing generously to the Red Cross. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President.
0: Well, have you guessed who the president was when all this happened? It really did happen, you know, so listen closely. A long, bitter fight went on among the senators in the Senate chambers and out. I say, gentlemen, the president has no right. To send delegates to the Panama Congress. I take issue with that, Senator. The President has the right to send envoys any place he wishes with the approval of the Senate. The Senate has the right to turn a mission down if he doesn't think the mission is desirable. Yes, by not confirming the appointment. Well, you can rest assured those appointments are not going to be confirmed, Mr. Webster. On what grounds, Senator? On the grounds that the mission is undesirable. And why is the mission undesirable, Senator? You know very well why the mission is undesirable. Yes, I know but I wanted to hear you say it. The issue isn't whether the president has the right to appoint envoys at all, is it? It's whether the Senate will permit an American envoy to attend a convention where the abolition of slavery will be discussed. That could be dangerous. It could even be dangerous enough to shake the foundations of the South. Couldn't it, Senator? Couldn't it, Senator? The envoys will not be
1: approved, Mr. Webster!
0: While the gentlemen of the Senate were debating with other gentlemen in and out of the Senate, Mr. Clay and Mr. Randolph were preparing for their duel. They met across the Potomac from Georgetown on a Saturday in April at half-past four. They chose their weapons and stood back to back. Then the referee asked them if they were ready, and they replied... Ready? Ready? Each man paced off his distance, turns, and... Are you hurt, Henry? No, I'm fine, John. How about you? Uh, Perfectly all right, thank you. Shall we try again? Just a moment. I'm not quite ready. Take your time, Mm -hmm. old fellow. Thanks. Very well. I'm ready. I am firing in the air, Henry. Did I hit you, John? After what you just did, I would not intentionally harm you for anything in the world. No, the, the bullet went through my clothing, that's all.
1: You owe me a coat, Henry. Well, I'm glad that's all. Well, Mr. Randolph, you feel that your honor has been satisfied?
0: Quite satisfied. New, you, Mr. Clay? Completely satisfied. Then we may adjourn. I'm sorry if I offended you the other day, oh, Henry. Let's not say
1: another word about it, John. It's over.
0: Yes, and while the senators were debating and Randolph and Clay were fighting that duel, what do you think the president was doing? Well, he was returning to his home from... Yes, that's right, from a swim in the... Potomac.
2: Is that you, dear? Uh, uh, (coughs) Yes, it's me. It's me. Well, I've been waiting for you to come. Mr. Uh, Webster's waiting to uh, see you. My goodness. What on earth has happened to you?
0: I'm all wet.
2: Yes, I see you are. Did you go swimming with your clothes on?
0: No, but I had them too close to the bank, and I slipped while I was putting them on, and I fell in. (laughs) I lost one shoe. I've no, no idea where it is now. It's probably at the bottom of the Potomac.
2: How do you ever expect to get over that cold?
0: Oh, I wouldn't want to get over it now, Louise.
2: I've gotten used to it. I don't think I'd feel right with her. You hurry along and get those wet things off, and I'll tell Mr. Webster that you'll be down in a minute. Thank you, <laughs>
0: Mr. Webster, this is an honor, sir. If I had known you were in the Potomac, I might have joined you for a swim. (laughs) Well, some other time, perhaps. Well, Mr. President, I do want to join in your fight against slavery right now. Oh, so it's out in the open now, is it? The word is out in the open. Yes. You flung it onto the floor of the Senate like a gauntlet with this Panama Congress. And already it has divided the Senate into two camps. Those for slavery and those against it. Mm -hmm. It's better to have it in the open. You can fight much better with things in the open. It's going to be a long fight, Mr. President. You may not win it or see it won in your lifetime, but eventually it will be won, and when it is won, it will be remembered that you struck the first blow. But will I win my point with the Senate that the President has the right to appoint envoys to such missions as these? You're going to have every bit of support I can give you, Mr. President. Mr. Webster, your support is worth a hundred men. Thank you, Mr. President. Yes?
2: Mr. President, Henry's here. May he come in, or would you like him to wait?
0: Uh, is he all right, Louise?
2: Well, he seems to be. Was this the day of the duel? Yes,
0: yes. tell him to come in, Louise. Tell yes, him to come dear. in. Mr. Webster, I appreciate your coming to me today. With all my heart, I thank you. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Daniel, it's good to see you. Well, you seem to be in good shape, Henry. How is Mr. Randolph? He's
1: fine, but we almost had a terrible accident.
0: What kind of an accident?
1: When I shot, my bullet went right through his clothing. A fraction of an inch closer, he might have been injured.
0: (laughs) That must have been quite a duel.
1: Did did Randolph's
0: bullet go through your clothing?
1: No, he shot his first bullet far to the right and the second in the air.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the way all duels should be fought. Well, uh, who won?
1: Neither of us won. And fortunately, neither of us lost. So the whole affair was most successful. Well, now,
0: as long as all all three of us are here, why don't we sit down and plan our campaign with the (laughs) Senate? Said, go away. Go, go away.
3: Oh, oh, you shouldn't splash around so when you're swimming. You should use a long, steady stroke. I'm
0: not interested in a swimming lesson.
3: Would you mind if I sit down and talk to you while I, you swim?
0: I most certainly do. It's time for me to get out and get dressed. I have a meeting at the White House.
3: I just came over to tell you the news. What news? The Senate just ratified the appointment of your commissioners to the Panama Congress.
0: They did? Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful.
3: The Congress is all over now, isn't it?
0: Well, if it isn't, it's just about over.
3: Well, you won a moral victory anyhow. And any victory over the Senate's a good victory, isn't it, Mr. President? It
0: certainly is. Any victory over the Senate is a good victory. Well, I'm coming out
3: now. All right, I'll go. Wait a minute. Where are your clothes? Up
0: in the tree where there were the last time.
3: Well, they're not
0: there now. Oh no! Oh.
3: Well, now what'll you do? Uh,
0: will you please go to the White House and ask my wife to bring me some clothes?
3: I certainly will, Mr. President. And congratulations! Thank
0: you, thank you.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: well,
0: someday maybe I'll learn to stay away from water.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment.
1: You'll be first with the facts when you hear Drew Pearson, one of your favorite Sunday night shows over these same ABC stations. Yes, Drew Pearson's the commentator who often beats the headlines when he predicts things to come in the news each week. When he goes on the air, you know you're hearing the inside version of the news. For Drew Pearson gets behind the headlines. He talks with statesmen and other high-ranking officials to bring you informed reports on current national and international affairs. So for predictions and inside stories of the news, listen in to Drew Pearson this evening and every Sunday evening over your ABC station. And for a full evening of first-rate entertainment, listen to ABC every Sunday night. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President.
0: Thank you. Excuse me, Daniel, Henry. Oh, that's all right, It's Bless you, Mr. Webster. And bless you, Henry. Do you suppose we could all sneeze in unison?
2: How are the hot lemonades? Anyone want another one? Oh, no, thank, thank you. you. Aren't you ashamed of yourself, John, mm-hmm. giving Henry and Daniel coals? Bless, bless you. you, my
0: dear. Thank you. Well, let's get on with this problem. Now... If the Jackson supporters think they could use a point like this... again. Well, I
2: can see I'm not needed around here. I think I'll go down and make up a bunch of mustard plasters. You know, it isn't as easy a life as a lot of people seem to think it is, being Mrs. John Quincy Adams. <laughs>
0: Be with us again next week, won't you, for another interesting story that happened at Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. program is produced and directed by Dick Woolen. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the Paramount picture Dear Wife. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. Our thanks to Radio and Television Life magazine for selecting Gene Holloway, the author of this program, as the year's outstanding radio writer. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President John Quincy Adams. <laughs>
1: Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.